I'm Ebony K. Williams, your attorney at law and host. Welcome to Holding Court, where we analyze the very latest legal headlines everybody's already talking about. We dig into how the courts impact the culture. We break it all down for you, and we go straight from gavel to your news feed. And I promise you this, y'all, every single week, we're going to keep it a buck, keep it 100. Right, Dustin Ross? That's right, Ebony. Let's go ahead and hold court. Let's do it. The beloved Dustin Ross, my love, uh, engage me. Where in the world was Dustin Ross over the weekend? Listen, I was on my Adele shit this weekend on my uh, hometown glory. (laughs) I I went back to Flint, Michigan, to my hometown. I had to take care of some family business. And while I was there, I had a little bit of fun. Um, They had a big festival called Back to the Bricks, where they have like this uh, classic car uh, festival where the cars drive down the brick pavement. Yeah, really dope. And they have events built around that for the weekend. So uh, Just Blaze was actually DJing in, in the middle of downtown Flint. And I love hip hop, love his work. So that was a, a full circle fun moment for me, you know, being back home and fully realized and enjoying Just Blaze. So it was good. How was your weekend, boo? Yeah, it was good. But wait, let's go back to, to <laughs> Flint. So like, how is it now being back home as Dustin Ross, like humor me, come on, in, indulge Auntie E here. Like You're so crazy. You get like so much love, right? I get a lot of love and it feels good. And I, what, what, what is, I guess the most notable for me is the level of appreciation that I have when I go home for just the simple shit. Just, just being home, seeing familiar places and spaces and buildings from my childhood. It just mm. makes me that much more appreciative to be from there. That's an area where people are pretty proud, you know, no matter yeah. what um, the city has faced and what, what stigmas are attached to the city. Um, people have a sense of pride for being from Flint, Michigan. And so going home, I'm just so much more appreciative now of that. And I just want to kind of pour back in and just yeah. highlight the goodness of the city um, even more so. So I'm so inspired with new ideas and new ways to kind of do that. So that's yeah. that's how it feels, you know. I love it. I love it. And I know they're so proud of you. And I think when you have that experience, D, like what you're describing, you are having a community that has poured into you yes. uh, with limited resources and, and and challenges and all the shit, right? Yeah. Yet here you are. And not, I think it's interesting. I think it's not you're successful in spite of, um, you know, from, from which you come, it, it's really you're successful because because of yes, uh, Let's exactly be clear. because of. Let's be very clear. Um, uh, that's the blue that flows through your veins. That's the culture. Yeah, um, I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, so I'm just gonna be straight up. Ashley put some shit in this intro. I don't know what the hell she's talking about. So I need you to explain a few okay. things to me. I'm ready because um, I see. I've I already seen, know what it is that you're asking me about. But go wait, ahead. I got poop. I'm real slow off the take this morning. So I've been seeing the <laughs> milk crate memes. I don't know what the challenge is. Mm-hmm. What is the actual, what are people supposed to be doing with these crates, Dustin? People are stacking these milk crates up into the high heavens and attempting to scale them, um, go up and, and down without falling or without touching uh, the milk crates with their hands to stabilize themselves. It's been deemed the Hood what Olympics. Win? What do you win when You're you do that? Just bragging rights and clout and, uh, uh, you know, shit talking rights. That's what you win. Okay. Um, and it's really one a, a, a literal case of play stupid games, win stupid prizes because <laughs> people have been busting their ass. I have never never seen people fall so hard in my life. Okay, um, and they are literally busting busting their asses doing this. So I ain't climbing no milk crates. You know, I was gonna but, say with the way my neck and back situation already struggling. Mm-mm, mm-mm, <laughs> it's a mm-mm, mm-mm. Okay, now of course we we've all seen the absolutely beautiful images. Uh, I want to start with that of Miss Beyonce and Mr. Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the new ambassadors of Tiffany and co. Mm-hmm. And Tiffany needed to do something because just from a fine jewelry standpoint, they were, they've been lagging behind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, those big chunky ass return to Tiffany silver <laughs> bracelets. <and shit. laughs> Back in the day, that's been the last time Tiffany's had a moment. Yes. Okay. Yep. It's, it's, it's Cartier these days. It's Rolex these yep. days. It's Harry Winston. It's everything but Tiffany. Yeah. So Tiffany needed to do something to brief some relevancy. They went and got the kings and queens of popular culture. Got it. Smart. And we see Beyonce uh, wearing a gorgeous, I think it's Maman gown, and she's at the piano. We've seen a few still images. And of mm-hmm. course, she's walking that magnificent, um, storied, ye- canary yellow 
Tiffany Stone. Tiffany yeah. Diamond, yes. Um, you know, made famous, I, I guess, by Audrey Hepburn was the mm-hmm. last time mm-hmm. really, really saw that in a huge way. So we've seen the images. They're beautiful, great, lovely. Um, <laughs> I think we all knew Jay-Z was on some Basquiat, you know, mm-hmm. revisitation mm-hmm. skit with that hair situation. He's the been whole doing aesthetic. Yeah. Whole aesthetic, correct. But then, like, it was very literal because, of course, there's this Basquiat behind the Carters. Mm-hmm. But I'm here, indeed, that it's a lot of controversy around it because it's a never-before-seen Basquiat. What's what's the what's the vibes? You asking me my opinion, and or do you, yes, okay, I don't. Or, or like, f- why, are people, why is it a controversy? Like, I didn't even know it was. I thought everybody was just talking about how beautiful the pictures were, and then I was look, looking people at are trying to make them elitists and act as uh, if they're using this elitist. moment, right? Okay. You get what I'm saying, and act as if this moment is something new. I don't give a fuck though, Ebony. To be honest with you, this is literally a case where I have bigger fish to fry. We all do. I don't give a fuck about them and their painting you know, in relation to what it means that they haven't shown this or that they're showing it in the ad. I don't give a fuck. I'm, oh, I'm glad these rich niggas are in this this Tiffany campaign. <laughs> Let's move on. Beyonce's the first black woman with this stone on her. You know, right. that's a, a breakthrough. I'm I'm fine with that. I don't care about dissecting that. I Quite frankly, well, we have other shit to worry about, Ebony. So, okay, so the Carters own this particular Basquiat, and and the issue is that they're just now revealing it for the first time. And I guess people are saying that Basquiat wouldn't want his art used this way. I mean, last time I checked, rest in peace, I was going to say, Brother Basquiat been gone a long time. (laughs) Thank you. Why do we we know what he would or would not want? And people evolve, you know? This man passed in his 20s, I want to say. He was super Mm -hmm, young. mm Mm-hmm. Shit, you know, it's some stuff that might not have been cool to me in my 20s. That's extremely cool to me now that I'm almost 40. Talk about Shit, it. Pass, Talk about pass, it. Please pass the cash. That's right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> As you would say, Justin. You know, this is now this is ridiculous. This like, is ridiculous. And this is where I feel like the the outrage machine of everybody wants to be mad all the time is just doing way too much. Like you said, people are now mad that extremely Filthy rich people are acting filthy rich. Come on. Like, what's the problem? And what what's it to you? I guess that's my takeaway. What's it to you? You know what I mean? You know, they don't even know Basquiat. You just know how to say his name. People want Beyonce and Jay-Z to be rich and broke at the same time. Oh, I don't get it. Ebony, I swear to God, you just spoke a word. They do. They want they them do. to be rich and broke at the same. And you can't be those things concurrently. You can't. No, no. They're not, they don't go together. So they're fucking rich. She's got like a billion dollar fucking diamond around her neck. She's in like a twelve, fifteen thousand dollar ball mm-hmm. gown. Gorgeous. They're sitting at a hundred thousand dollar fucking piano. Yeah. What do you people want from them? Like just enjoy it. Just enjoy the black wealth, the display of black the literal yes. image. Okay. Okay. So now you get into the tea, Dustin. That's the thing. Some of us are out here perpetrating. Not you and me. I'm about to say, not me and you on this phone right now. Like, <laughs> but some people, because I was seeing um, this journalist that shall not be named because he, oof, whatever, um, did a piece like uh, critiquing Rihanna's billionaire status. Like, Rihanna's a billionaire, but it's still problematic. So a lot of y'all out here really just got a problem with wealth, period. And, and as much as we want to talk about reparations or building generational wealth or closing the wealth gap and black America, all this shit, y'all just full of shit because what you really want is black folks to be still in poverty. Yeah, or either That's your turn. You That's what you want. You either want. You either want to be the rich one and everybody else be broke. Or you want to be broke and then make it bad to be rich. And that's not okay. Raw, it's that one right there. That's what they want, Dustin Ross. They want, they want to demonize wealth, period. I can't. And I don't get it. I'm not with the shit. Because we're not haters, Ebony. That's, that's why. And we're focused on our own shit and our own business. And we don't have time to even opine about what they decided to do with a work of art that they own. That they own. Like, Go what on. the fuck? What's on your walls? Why don't you wash your walls? How about that? <laughs> Not wash your walls. You just gave me a uh, Doctor Heavenly vibe. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was Mariah. <laughs> told her to power wash that mother. We power oh. wash that motherfucker. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm doing too much. Okay, let's go ahead and get to the docket. Jurors, we're doing just two cases today, but it's because they are both so rich in terms of content, and we really wanted to slow down the episode so that y'all don't miss shit Mm because these are really 
deeply profound uh, pieces on the docket today. We're going to start with R. Kelly. Obviously, we all saw the start of the trial was last week. We're going to get into that. But specifically, in, and this is an interesting timing, right, where some of the key testimony, Dustin, that we heard from R. Kelly's former manager, uh, Demetrius Smith, was, was deeply revolving around Aaliyah. Yes. Just so happened that what we also got on the tail end of last week was the final release after, what was it, 25 years yeah. of Aaliyah's catalog on sh- streamers. That's interesting. Do you think there was any, I'm just curious, do you think there was any thought around the timing or is that just, you think, a pure coincidence? I definitely don't think it was coincidental. I think it was very intentional and it makes me uncomfortable when I when I just realizing that makes me uncomfortable right? because it, ma- it makes you question everyone involved. So, yeah. Yeah. Like it's too, it's too random to be a coincidence. You know what I mean? And then it's like, why once again, even in this beautiful princess's death, is she again being correlated with fucking Robert Kelly? I, I just, <sighs> um, so to the legality of it all. Mm-hmm. All right. Third day of a uh, trial testimony. Uh, again, former manager Demetrius Smith is on the stand. I want to I want to back up and, and set some context to y'all um, as to how this man even got on the stand, uh, because he says some pretty incriminating things, which we're about to out- outline for you. And a lot of it incriminated himself as well. Now, y'all know the Fifth Amendment says you don't have to testify uh, against your own legal interest. So one might ask, why the fuck is Demetrius Smith talking so much? Hello. right well i'll tell you why it's because he was given uh prosecutorial immunity uh you've heard that phrase before here on the show that was also what was given to bill cosby uh and then it was reneged upon in in practicality and that's why his case was overturned so put a pin in that um Mm. Back to Demetrius's ass. He was given prosecutorial immunity, which means the prosecutors here will never, ever uh, come for him in any type of uh, try to try to convict or prosecute him for anything that he says on this stand and for any charges related to this uh, activity that he's admitting to. Once you get that prosecutorial immunity and you sign that paperwork accepting that immunity, Dustin, it's on and popping, meaning you got to talk. So that's why this grown ass man was on the stand singing like a fucking canary. Okay. So on the stand, uh, Demetrius goes into great detail, Dustin, about how he personally uh, was bribing government officials in the state of Illinois. Uh, apparently there was uh, someone that he said he felt could be subject to a bribe uh, to the tune of $500 uh, in order to help secure a fake ID. For Aaliyah, she was only 15 years old at the time. Obviously, here in America, we don't legally, at least, uh, have child brides like that. Um, So at 15 years, of course, well, actually, this is a little bit of tea, uh, legal tea. You can get married at 15, but it requires your parental consent. Okay, so in a normal circumstance, if you're 15 and you want to get married, your parents uh, have to sign off on that. Obviously, Aaliyah's parents not signing off on this bullshit for her to marry old ass R. R Kelly. So they uh, obtained a a legal ID. They did that again by Demetrius Smith paying a government official five hundred dollars to obtain this ID for her. Uh, this is so raggedy then how it goes down. Right. Right. Uh, This is all happening back in 1994. Demetrius says that R. Kelly asked him to do this corrupt shit because he thought Aaliyah was pregnant. Um, Actually, the testimony on the stand was that R. Kelly said to Demetrius, Aaliyah thinks she's pregnant. So for that reason, we need to create this whole fake ass, you know, marriage situation. They book round trip tickets. They were on tour at the time. They during the midst of the tour, they book round trip tickets to go to Illinois to get this marriage done. This whole thing goes down in a fucking Sheraton. Mm. This is so raggedy. Mm. It goes down in a Sheraton hotel, Dustin, uh, where Mr. Smith says that he told um, he he testified that he and Aaliyah. So this is Demetrius and Aaliyah driving to the office to get the marriage license while R. Kelly's lazy ass stayed in the car. Lord, have mercy. You, I mean, I can visualize this. What a mess. All right. Again, the only reason we're getting all these details is because uh, Demetrius has signed 
has been given uh, prosecutorial immunity. So this says that he can testify. In fact, he is compelled to testify um, in, in exchange for the immunity. Uh, because at some point during it, uh, the trial testimony, he was like, I don't want to be here, Your Honor, da da da, da. And they were like, the judge uh, and Donnelly was like, I don't want to hear that shit. You've already gotten immunity. Talk. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, this is a lot going on. Did any of this testimony surprise you? I guess we'll start there, Dustin. It didn't surprise me. It just is. I guess this has been an urban legend for so long. You know, this is like our era and our time, um, mm-hmm. our youth. This is one of the most popular stories that was circulating everywhere, really. Um, and so to finally have confirmation of these types of details, it's just, it's just a really weird, chilling feeling. Like I just feel like, I don't know, it's just weird for me. So I feel bad for Aaliyah. Um, I hate that this happened, but none of this surprises me. And actually of the, the things that we have found out really about R. Kelly lately, this is the most, believe it or not, this is the most mild of the details that right. we found out lately. So that's saying a lot. It's that's saying a lot. I think it feels like that, Dustin. I agree with you. This feels almost like not um, as outrageous. Yeah, yeah. Some of the other accusations, and I think it's because this one has been so known, suspected. You know, like you said. I mean, I remember being in middle school. You know, knowing and 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 people talking about this man marrying a and and all these same facts. Her being fifteen, fake ID, um, rumors that she was pregnant. Um, blah, 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 blah. So here we are in an open court of law, right? A federal court where this man, R. Kelly, is facing, let's go down these charges. He's facing one federal count of racketeering and eight counts of violating the Mann Act. The Mann Act is a specific federal legislation where you cannot transport people across state lines for the purposes of selling sex. Okay, um, or paying for sex, rather, either one of those. That's a violation of the Man Act. He's got eight counts of that. Damn. So that means there's at least eight different evidentiary scenarios where the federal prosecutors believe they can get a conviction because this man was bringing girls and or women across state lines for the purposes of a sex ring. Okay, that's the the nature of the allegation. Then the racketeering count, which is the big count. Normally, this is, you know, in the law, uh, especially here in New York, people call the, the racketeering statute, the, the, some people call it the Giuliano statute, Giuliani statute, rather, mm-hmm. because that's the primary way that uh, uh, Giuliani brought down the mob, the yes. New York mafia, okay? Um, and, and normally that is what racketeering is for, organized crime. Well, let's be clear, jurors, this is a version of organized crime if these allegations are to be believed. Because the allegation is saying, and that's, that is a requirement of proving and getting a conviction of racketeering. It cannot just be an individual. It has to be an orchestrated act by multiple people to uh, be in, in corroboration with one another, in collaboration with one another, rather, for the execution of the crime. Mm-hmm. So here with Robert Kelly, they're saying it's Demetrius Smith. They're saying it was uh, tour um, managers, bodyguards. Um, other employees and, and uh, hotel uh, bus boys and doormen and all kinds of folks that R. Kelly had on payroll to make sure that he was able to continue a decades-long effort of flying in young girls. And apparently at some point, we reported on this on Holden Court earlier when this, this case uh, was first about to, to hit trial, apparently young boys as well. Wow. Um, and you know, it's, it's crazy. Now, some people might be wondering, D, how are they able to go back to this Aaliyah testimony, uh, uh, you know, testimony about Aaliyah when that was like 94, all, all, you know, that seems a long time ago. It seems to run up against a statute of limitations issue. Normally it would, if this was a statutory rape case, for instance, the statute of limitations has run, but because this is a part of a larger conspiracy of federal racketeering, any activity, any alleged activity, any testimony germane to alleged activity that is a part of the racketeering at accusation that is a part of the conspiracy is fair game for testimony. So that is why we are hearing about allegations from the early 90s. It's wild. It's wild. Uh, you know, y'all, we're going to continue to cover this. I, I think what's crazy to me about all things R. Kelly is the fact that um, 
people still gonna be stepping in the lane of love, still. and people still gonna be <laughs> people still gonna be bumping and grinding. Still um, gonna be going like, half on the baby. Still gonna be doing all that shit. But all I, of it. I, I just I think it's funny because people did not believe it. I guess is my point. Like the, yeah. You know, and I've had these conversations. It's really like crazy to me. People have have not stopped listening to R. Kelly's music. I mean, I was somewhere just this summer. And I mean, they, oh, I know. I was at the pool in Vegas mm-hmm. for the Usher concert. And it was like three or four R. Kelly songs played. And I was just looking at my line sister like, bitch, for real? And she was like, yeah, bitch, for real. Like, And, and nobody flinched. They nobody did. Nobody did sideways. Looks, Dustin, it was like nothing happened. And it's not because people don't believe the allegations. They've like, accepted it. They've accepted it as okay. fact and don't give a fuck. Right. Right. They've accepted it. Which is such a sad commentary, though, right, on the valuation of these young girls, young boys, um, people's lives. Like, yeah, I really don't give a fuck. All right. Got it. Okay. Anyways, we'll continue to cover the trial here on Holding Court because we do give a fuck. How about that? Um, with that, we're going to take a quick break. We we got to pay our bills. When we come back, this is really going to be the meat of our episode today. This is uh, a look at the FBI and blackness. Okay. That's the overall conversation we got to have. It's a very serious one. Uh, making the headlines is, is a recent FBI uh, a federal investigation, rather, that is saying that the FBI disproportionately, deliberately, and aggressively targeted protesters of the Black Lives Matter movement and what that means about their history with Black America. We got that and more coming up with more Holding Court. Stay with us. All right, y'all, welcome back to Holding Court. Let's talk about the feds and Black folks, Dustin. this is this is not new either, and, and more unsurprising news, but important news to really call a thing a thing. Okay. All right. This new report out. Uh, this reporting came from NPR, which is you know to me one of the more credible um, resources that we have in news today. NPR's new report talks about the struggle for power, the ongoing persecution of black movement by the U.S. government. I want to say that one more time because I think people need to sit with the weight of that. Break that right on down. Struggle for power, the ongoing persecution of black movement by the U.S. government. Okay, they didn't say black organization. They didn't say uh, this particular black individual. Dustin, the shit said of black movement. I want to tell you what that means to me, and then we'll get into all of this. I think if you go back to um, the premise that when black from from the moment black bodies have been on the um, the american soil we have had a designated station in this american society mm-hmm. and it is at the bottom it is the most subordinate positioning of any other category of american life if you're confused or you want to know more about just that premise pick up isabel wilkinson's cast It's amazing. So let's go with this premise that black folk, since our arrival on this stolen land, have been subordinated to the bottom, most low level of American existence by assignment. So therefore, when this this report is titled, Dustin, the ongoing persecution of black movement, I'm reading that very literally which says that the government has a job to do. Of course they do. They always have, which is to make sure that black folks stay in their assigned place of subordinate. Right. In any effort by black folks or their co-conspirator allies to get up from that place of lowest subordination has to be persecuted. Right. You trying to move? Black folks, you're trying to move up from the bottom of the most bottom, most fucked up existence in America? How dare you? How dare you? And now we will bring the entire force of the United States federal government to make sure you don't fucking move anywhere. To make sure you know your place around here. You know your place, which is at 
the bottom, the lowest class of citizenship and American experience possible. So that's how I'm reading this. I just wanted to tell y'all that's the premise in which I am starting this entire docket. Period. Yeah. Okay. So with that, this new report, again, the struggle for power and ongoing persecution of black movement by the U.S. government. Now, this particular report, D, just came out last week. Uh, It came out by, uh, this this is an organization. It's called the Movement for Black Lives not to be confused with the Black Lives Matter organization. Okay, so let's keep that separate. Now, this movement of Black Lives states uh, what any person with two brain cells has known for forever, um, and that is that the century-long practice by our federal government rooted in structural racism to suppress Black social movements, a la the use of surveillance tactics, wiretaps, videos, photographs, uh, snitches, uh, and any other mechanism they can find. This is basic, y'all. This is just putting two and two together. If you have an assigned place of black people in America since our arrival on this stolen land, and it's at the fucking bottom, yes, the federal government will use any tactics to, to its availability to make sure that we stay there. And any efforts to move out of that place will be met by brute force. Period. Okay. And the FBI, to be clear, Federal Bureau of Investigation, that is the that is the top cop, top, top, top cop. That is America's police. If you are confused as to what the FBI is, don't be, make no mistake about it. That is America's police yeah. at the highest level. Yeah. They have more resources than any police department in, in the world. They've got more bodies than any police department in the world. That's what they do. Now, let's go back to uh, the evolution of how we got the FBI. It is just an evolution of slave patrols. Okay, literally, literally, literally that's all the FBI is. An FBI agent is nothing but the evolutionary uh, reality of the slave patrols. Slave patrols were essentially white folks who had nothing else to do, so they were paid money. Okay, to make sure that when when slaves ran away. Okay, so let's actually before we even got to the slave. Yes, yes, slave patrols. When slaves ran away, D. Of course, we know this. These white folks would be paid bounties and money to catch these runaway slaves. Boom, got it. Then you bring them back. You get your money. Normally, before you bring them back, you torture them within a breath of their life. Of course, that's the slave patrol. Yeah. Then you come out of uh, emancipation, quote unquote emancipation. And now we call what used to be the slave catchers, we call them sheriffs. We call them local police. From there, eventually, you get the FBI, y'all. You know, read a book, do some Googling. You, it's all there. Now, let's talk about what this report says. The empirical data and findings in this report largely corroborate what Black organizers have long known intellectually, intuitively, And from lived experience Mm. about the federal government's disparate policing and prosecution of racial justice protest and related activity. Basically, it's the same shit we've already known. That's 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 what that simply we've been. In other words, we've been new. We've been new. Yeah. And they've been on some fuck shit. Yeah. One of the policy coordinators in particular, Amara uh, Anaya, says this. It is undeniable that racism plays a role. It is structurally built into the fabric of this country and its institutions, which is why it's been so difficult to eradicate. It's based on institutions that were designed around racism and around the devaluing of black people and the devaluing of black lives. So, again, this is this is what we've known. This is simply a report, Dustin, that uses, you know, it's a lot of numbers. It's a lot of statistics. It's a lot of data points. Y'all can read them. I don't want to inundate you and distract you with all that that data. Just know that the report says this. It says that by looking at the number of arrests and prosecutions at a federal level of folks that had the audacity to go out into the streets and protest last summer and last fall around, I don't know, but this the thought that black people should be able to live in this country, freedom of being shot and killed, having a knee on their fucking neck, tased to death, shot to death, suffocated to death by law enforcement. Um, If you had the audacity to go out in the street and protest against that kind of existence for black life in America, 
your ass was going to feel the weight of the federal government yep. by virtue yep. of arrest and prosecution. And that's real. And, and this, and that's real. And then this is what's crazy. This is why the federal part is so important. This report does that says that of the cases brought at the federal level, 92.6% of the cases, 92.6, over 90%, of the cases bought by the federal government against these protesters were actually equivalent to state level charges. And these charge quote unquote charges should have been brought in state and local courts, if anything. And why that makes a difference. Again, we've talked about this a million times on holding court, mm-hmm. federal and local. Uh, it's not the same. The, the, the penalties look totally different in federal court. Okay. The amount of time you serve totally different. The, the, the amount of resources available by the federal government, totally different than local courts. So when the feds come for you, it's a different, horrible day than if your ass was just in Ooh. state court. Not that you want to be in state court. Let me be clear. You don't want to be, you be, be there than federal any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Right. So the fact that 92.6 of these cases, D. Ross, should have actually been in state and local courts versus federal courts. Tell us this is a targeted effort. That's what this report is saying. Yeah. Blatantly. Yeah. Plainly. Very plain. It's also saying that 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 what this report is uncovering is that this disproportionate federal involvement in what were really state ass cases at best was used to bolster this aggressive, violent language coming out of Trump and former AG Bill Barr. What was coming out of their mouths? You know, this is a this is a quote from one of the reports. We saw U.S. Attorney General Bill Barr overnight go from expressing overnight just some level of sympathy for racial justice protesters as label to labeling them as radical and violent agitators with absolutely no basis for that sort of characterization. And that's coming from a a CUNY lawyer and the founder director of, of CLEAR, which is uh, the Organization of Creating Law Enforcement Accountability and Responsibility Clinic. That's what CLEAR is. That lawyer, Ramsey Kassim, goes on to say this. All of this was uh, very transparently aimed at disrupting a Black-led movement for social justice that was happening both spontaneously and in an organized fashion nationwide. And they couldn't stand it, Dustin. And they hated it. And they wanted to use the federal government to pull out all the stops to arrest and prosecute to end the Black Liberation Movement. All right, so listen, y'all, we're going to take another quick break. Uh, We got to pay some bills. We don't want to be out here delinquent and shit. But when we come back, we're going to go back in history and we're going to connect some more dots on exactly how the FBI is and has always been on some fuck shit. They have always attempted to thwart our liberation as a people and our civil rights. We've got a lot more. Stay tuned. More holding court after this. All right, y'all, welcome back to holding court. So I was actually uh, flying back from Vegas and I uh, was looking through the nice selection of Delta Airlines uh, Entertainment. Yes. It's a nice selection. Shout out to Delta Airlines. Yes. Shout out to Sky Miles. <laughs> and I, I came across a documentary that I hadn't seen before, and it was called MLK slash FBI. And in this documentary, it, it really unpacks Dustin. Again, we know that the federal government came for MLK's life, his very life. Literally his life. His very life. did came for Malcolm X's very life. Came for... The Black Panther Party for self-defense, Fred Hampton in particular. We'll get to that in a second. In a second. This is what the FBI does. When they see, came from Marcus Garvey. Yep. His brother was trying to take us back to Africa when we might have a semblance of liberation. And and the federal fucking government deported him. Found him, prosecuted him, and fucking deported him. And these are facts, people. These are facts. This ain't my opinion. Right. This is not what I think. These are the facts. This is what took place. The federal government has always worked strategically, collaboratively, and consistently Mm -hmm. to find, prosecute, and destroy 
even if that means kill any fucking efforts of black liberation. Now back to this MLK doc, because again, we knew this, but it was really interesting to see it all laid out, Dustin, in this documentary format. Uh, shout out to documentary filmmaker Sam Pollard yes. uh, for his recounting here. Um, he takes us through all the things that we know that that was led by uh, FBI director uh, Edgar J., uh, J. Edgar Hoover, rather. And, you know, of course, we've seen his ugly ass face for forever. <laughs> and the current FBI building is named after him, uh, which uh, Congressman Bobby Rush is trying to change. More on that in a minute. Mm-hmm. But we see J. Edgar Hoover leading an FBI effort to get dirt on King. That's that. That's the mandate, right? This black man is doing too much. Let's He's talking too right. Him. He's getting these Negroes riled up, and more than getting these Negroes riled up, Dustin, uh, MLK had the uh, political and business savvy and media savvy to understand how to curate narrative and and footage, news footage. Uh, to rile up empathetic, sympathetic white America. Yeah. That's why he was a particular kind of threat. Yeah. Okay. Him and this nonviolent movement shit where you're just showing night after night on the evening news of black people dressed up, looking like they're coming from church. Many of them were getting their heads beat in by billy clubs and dogs running up and biting their asses and water hoses being turned on them all by police. This disproportionate effort of good, clean, uh, holistic looking black folks, mm-hmm. uh, proper, respectable black folks being attacked night after night on the evening news. This shit didn't look good, Dustin. Nope. OK, and King understood that. And, and that is why his movement was as effective as it was. All right. So Jericho Hoover and the, and the feds don't like it. So what did they do? They wiretap his ass. Uh, they, they, they get uh, weak ass black folks that are around King to become snitches and tell where he, what hotel he's staying at, who's coming to visit him in said hotel room. Uh, it was it's no secret. We all know King was a ladies man. Yes, he was. And if you grew up in the black church, that's not particularly surprising. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be respectful in this in this I mean, section of the conversation, but just know I agree. Okay, <laughs> just know I agree. I mean, well, this is a grown folks podcast. Can we can we talk like family? We I can. Mean, Let's have a little kitchen I table like, talk, right? I mean, I feel like many many. Not, I mean, shout out to the faithful pastors that are out there, but wherever they may be, wherever they may be. <laughs> <laughs> Because it ain't nobody. I feel like shit's in a pastor. Go ahead, Ebony. <laughs> I just feel like my, my lived experience tells me there's a lot of men of the cloth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're in that pulpit every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And are particularly favorable amongst the ladies of the congregation. And men. And, and men. Oh, my gosh. Yes, absolutely. And absolutely. men. Hate to and be that men. guy, and but men. And, men. And, and all of that. Um, so point is, lots of pastors out here in all religions and colors mm-hmm. uh, have a lot of uh, recreational activity outside of their marriage. Yes, they do. It's, it's truly that don't make it right, but it's not uncommon. It's a recurring but thing. It is a recurring thing. It is. A, it, it happens with frequent occurrence. Yes, okay. Yes. So therefore, therefore, when uh, J. Edgar Hoover's, Hoover's punk ass FBI took all of this salacious evidence. You know, they thought they really had something, Dustin. Like, look, look, this moral compass of black folks and, and now America is a hoe. Yeah. We got the tapes. We got the pictures. We got the, 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 the voice recordings of him asking for this ass. You know, we, we got it. We caught him. And then they, dis, they distributed all of this, uh, ill-gotten wiretap surveillance information to the press, thinking that the press would take him down and get rid of their problem. Press said, now we good. Mm-mm. We good. And? Yeah, we don't care who we fucking. Right. That's basically <laughs> what they know. said. That's basically what they said, you know. So, J. Edgar Hoover and all of them was mad. Um, but it did not stop uh, the coordinated efforts, uh, sadly. And I've always believed this. 
It really makes no sense how a man who was under such strict surveillance, this man couldn't take a piss <clears throat> without there being recordings, tapes, pictures, audio, video, and everything else. How somebody under this stringent of a surveillance, Dustin, get shot and fucking killed and nobody know anything about it? Yeah, how? How? Houseway. That doesn't even make sense unless that's who damn did it. Right. And that's what the movie director basically says. Um, he says that, you know, after, you know, looking through, you know, thousands of hours of all of this uh, surveillance and footage and everything, he's like, now, now at this point in time, this is a direct quote from Polar. Anytime King and his associates went to a new city, the FBI was manned up to go and follow him and surveil him. So how is it possible? How? Well, agents constantly surveying King in nearby hotel rooms, not to be aware of somebody like James Earl Ray with a rifle who's going to shoot Dr. King. It just doesn't make any sense. You're right, Mr. Director, man. It makes no fucking sense at all. And no. that's how we know. I, I will go to my grave believing it was a coordinated effort between the FBI and other tactics to assassinate Dr. King. Absolutely agree. And if you want to hear more on that particular theory... Um, because there's some recent evidence that supports it, uh, go back to uh, an episode of Holden Court that uh, Dustin and I recorded in March. It was called You Can't Kill a Revolution, The Assassinations of Malcolm X and Fred Hampton. Y'all listen to that. We go deep uh, into the assassinations of both of those brilliant uh, kings of our culture. Yeah. Let's talk about Fred Hampton real quick. And that is the fact that this is uh, this is brand new. This is from a spying program. Again, this is the fucking FBI with their spying shit. And Bobby Rush, this was back in May, Bobby Rush was saying that he felt um, that the FBI directly correlated to the death of Fred Hampton. And he wants something done about it. Bobby Rush, uh, who was one of the founders of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party, uh, where, of course, uh, Fred Hampton, the late brother Fred Hampton, was the chairman of the Illinois Black Panther Party when he was murdered, assassinated, really. But Bobby Rush introduced new legislation um, back in May that would force the government, force their hand, Dustin, to reveal decades-old FBI files about domestic spying on civil rights and peace activists. This is important. We need to start using those terms together. Peace yeah. activists. Peace activists. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Saying a full accounting of the constitutional abuses. Uh, peace activists. Yeah, let, we'll normalize that. Um, but Bobby Rush saying that the constitutional abuses are long overdue and need to be put on display. Um, Bobby Rush says this. He says, I want this bill to get passed. Um, if it's bipartisan manner, I'll certainly not be opposed to that. But I think I'm particularly concerned about the fact that my friend, Fred Hampton, had the ignoble distinction of being the only American citizen to be assassinated by the apparatus of the federal government with the local government in the history of our nation. And again, go back and listen to that podcast episode of Holding Court where we talk about it wasn't just the feds. It was also with local uh, Chicago government. It was just a fucking mess. Awful, awful, awful. Cook awful. County was involved, local DAs, federal prosecutors, all the way probably up to the executive uh, Oval Office. Uh, it, it was just trash. So here's the thing, Dustin. If the feds are just cops and if they're just doing their job and they're so well funded by our taxpayer dollars might I add and they're so well stationed and they're so and this was oh this was so, by the way talking about how the, how well stationed they were this tripped me out in that uh, MLK FBI documentary they talked about there was a particular kind of FBI agent that J uh, Edgar Hoover recruited and they were basically like little mini models of him they were all white men. They were all about six feet tall. They all like were collegiate, like, you know, captain of the this team and that team and shit. And they all wore their suits. Like they were like, it was like a little army of Jagger Hoovers. It was fucking disgusting. It was, it gave me Nazi Germany vibes. Let's just yeah, say that. Yeah. Real yeah. Totally see that. Stuff. Yeah. Um, federal government has, 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 has the manpower, literally all these things. Why then Dustin, does that same federal government fail to protect against, prevent the January 6th pro-Trump, anti-American insurrection at the U.S. Capitol? How do they fuck that up? How? 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 I don't understand because apparently, according to reports, and this is consistent reporting, the FBI Norfolk office 
circulated a January 5th report warning of talk online about a, quote, war at the Capitol the next day. Yeah. They had information. Yeah. It contained cautionary language even, Dustin. Hmm. It said that some individuals named in the report have been identified as participating in activities that are protected by the First Amendment of the Constitution. Hmm. That's interesting. And then they may mention that it is not intended to associate the protected activity with criminality or threat to national security. Hmm. Or to infer that such protected activity itself violates federal law. Hmm. Hmm. So these particular white individuals' activities have First Amendment protections. But I guess Fred Hampton had none. Sounds about white to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess Dr. King didn't have none. Nope. No nope. First Amendment protection. Mm-mm, guess Malcolm X didn't have no First Amendment protection. Nope. Nope. Brother, Brother Marcus Garvey didn't have none either. The list goes on and on. And the list goes on. So listen, all I'm telling y'all is is what we've already known. So this is a trip, Dustin. And then this tells us everything we need to know. And we could be done with it. The current FBI director, Christopher A. Ray, that's the motherfucker that stepped up uh, after James Comey, old messy ass, stepped down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Ray has defended the FBI's handling of the intelligence leading up to the January 6th uh, white supremacist uh, attack on the Capitol. By saying this in a congressional hearing, he put his hand on the Bible and swore before Congress. We do not investigate ideology, but we focused on acts of violence and violations of federal law, end quote. Really what this man said to the American people and the United States Congress is what we've always known. The FBI only investigates ideology when it has the audacity, Dustin Ross, to go up against the very basic American principle of black subordination and going back to the beginning of this whole fucking conversation. Anytime there is an effort of black folks moving beyond our assigned station in America of the bottom, most subordinate second, third, fourth class citizenship that, that we are permitted to occupy. Anytime there's the audacity of any individual or organization to move beyond that despicable way of life, that violent way of life, Dustin, that inhumane, disrespectful, indignant way of life, it will be met with the absolute force of the federal government. Hi, Tulsa. That's what we know. Hi, Tulsa. Like Tulsa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something else. I'm glad you brought that up. When I was in Tulsa for the, um, you know, it's not a celebration is not the right word uh, for the uh, com- commemoration Commemoration, yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the centennial of the Tulsa massacre. I guess I should have known this, but it made sense. But they told us, Dustin, about how coordinated the efforts were. It wasn't just random white men um, shooting into the crowd. No, there were bombs being dropped from from aircrafts on black businesses, black homes, black churches, black hotels. Now, where random ass country folk from Tulsa get planes from? Exactly. Exactly. Coordinated federal government efforts, Dustin. Yeah. Wow. Right in our damn face like that. Consistently since we've gotten here, whether it's a slave patrol, whether it's a a, a so-called sheriff, cop, all the way up to the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Yeah, the way they stole Um, that land from those black people in California, the beach, remember? Oh, 100%. Yeah, all of those things. Billy Holiday? Billy fucking Holiday. United States versus Billy Holiday? Yep. You got fucking federal agents arresting a woman for singing a song because she had the audacity to talk about strange fruit? Yeah. Black bodies swinging from trees? Come on, y'all. Yeah. Wow. So watch the feds. What's the over under, Dustin, of uh, me having a federal file based off this Roni shit? Oh, well, let's hope not. Okay, let's just hope. Let's hope. Let's hope they're scared. Okay, let's just hope for that. Damn. My mom says she's like, I mean, you got to shut up. You're going to end up with the feds on you. And uh, she was saying it as a joke. (laughs) Right. But it made you think like, well, God damn. You know, know, that's all right. Damn. (laughs) I hope it don't be like that, but we'll see. But either way, what's not going to happen 
if I can end this one on, on some positive black excellence shit, yes. we're not going to stop fighting and we're not going to shut up and we're not going to continue to have the audacity to elevate and, and require an elevated, liberated station for black Americans. Never. And we're going to so continue to be willing to die for it. Indeed. Indeed. That part. You know, so y'all can keep your wiretaps, you can keep your fucking pictures, you can keep your video surveillance, you can keep your snitches. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue. We're going to continue. It's not going to stop the effort and the fight for literally no. what's right. No, that's why we called it up. And it's true. Every, uh, you know, it's, it was the mantra of the Black Panther Revolution. You can kill a revolutionary. Yes, you can. But you cannot kill a revolution. Nope. Damn right. The Black liberation movement the black revolution continues and it will always continue yeah so listen with that thank y'all for listening oh before we go i'm, I'm sure you were tagging this stuff too dustin mm-hmm. uh folks were giving us um giving us love for um helping them get in front of what eventually happened legally with uh tory lanes oh yes 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 i got several yeah. tweets about uh, that you know the shout out to jurors um for letting us know uh, that, that, you know, Dustin and I had, had told y'all, we told y'all what was going to happen and it happened yeah. uh, that recently Tory Lanez uh, had to go back to court where the judge reestablished, told his ass again, you are not allowed to attend any events where Megan the Stallion will be present, period, sir, period. that you technically violated your first court order of protection against this woman and the bail was increased to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's right. And again, we, we knew that would happen. Because that's what happens when you fucking violate a protective order. And the next time the judge told him, that's your next ass. time your ass act like you don't want to listen to what the hell we done told you, you're actually going to get what we call remanded. And that's clink, clink. Yeah. Clink, clink. Yeah. So play if you want to. Play play with us if you want to. Uh, but yeah, shout out to jurors for, um, you know, <laughs> really alerting uh, Dustin and I both to the fact that, you know, we, we had y'all up on some game on that one. And yes. that's what you get when you listen to Holding Court. That's right. The real shit. The real shit. The advance notice. Facts. The advance copy. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, your, your mind is just going to start clinking and you're going to start understanding this shit and you're going to be able to see it a mile away. Um, so for that, listen, y'all, we do. We totally love you. We appreciate y'all. Keep tagging us. Keep following. Keep uh, rating the podcast. Let us know what you think. Give us reviews on each episode. Y'all truly help inform how we do this show each and every week. And we love you for it. Holding Court comes to you from Uppity Productions. It's an association with Dossie Media and presented by the Black Effect Network from iHeartRadio. Audio services brilliantly provided by One of One Productions. Y'all shout them out. We, we love Phelan Company at oneofoneproductions.com. Next week, got a brand new episode of Holding Court for y'all. Come back. In the meantime, stay safe. Keep the faith. Uh, get your vaccine. Look like we're going to get some booster shots coming soon. Get ready for those, yeah. y'all. Yeah. And what else do you want people to do, Dustin? Read your terms and your goddamn conditions, baby. That's right. And watch your phones. Watch your phones. Watch your ass, actually. That's what you need to watch. Watch your ass. Because they watching it for you. So watch it but for they yourself. Watch, listen. Got to keep your head on swivel, y'all. That's right. Mm-hmm.